They're the joyful agains our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Thanks for joining us for the Again podcast. This is brought to you by Entrusted Ministries, and I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Jen Freckman, Emily Dio, and Betsy Corning. This episode, we are talking about the fear of God. A godly mother trains her children to see God as their lifelong authority. God's word tells us that there are so many blessings when we fear God and that it is the beginning of wisdom. Before we continue with our conversation, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about what's headed your way in the months to come. Pretty soon, we're going to take a break from the Untangled series that corresponds with the Entrusted with a Child's Heart lesson series. We're going to have several episodes that share our Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's traditions. We're even going to talk about the talk. We'll also be sharing natural solutions and answering questions like, what do you do if it's a Friday night, all the stores are closed, and your child has an ear infection? Is there anything in your house that can ease their pain and even promote healing? What natural solutions are there for beauty remedies? Or even what can we use to clean our homes that is safe and effective? All right, ladies, for this icebreaker question, I'd like to ask you if you have any fears that might seem a little silly to others. I do. Um, I don't want to say it. It might get sent to me in a box. I know. You can't reveal the truths, right? I have a dream. or Not a dream. I'm sorry. I have a fear. (laughs) Okay, Martin, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So my fear is, but it's a legitimate reason. I will tell you the reason I have this fear after I tell you what my fear is. I am seriously afraid of mice. Like any, even the tiniest little mouse. Oh, I will scream and freak out. I, they're bad. But the reason I fear them so much is because when I was in high school, my parents went away for a weekend and I stayed home alone and I had done the dishes the night before and I left the dish soap water in the sink. And in the morning, I went to pick up the dish rag and picked up a dead mouse and I like got the heebie-jeebies and I was like oh I couldn't there was nothing I could do to get myself to drain the water I couldn't go near it I was so I had to go ask Mm. the neighbor guy I was like there's a dead (laughs) mouse in our sink will you come get it out we've gotten that and so from then on I have been deathly scared of mice I hate them Okay, this whole episode now is mm. going to be rodent stories because I know, yeah, Betsy, you've got one. I've got some. <laughs> oh. Yes, I would say that's not a silly fear. We're yes, not- your mom mm. is very afraid. She can't say the word. She cannot. Mm. She'll say, did you see? Or once we were visiting a church and they had a promo video of a, a mouse in it. And she was like, can you believe they showed that in church? <laughs> like highly offensive. <laughs> yeah. Highly inappropriate. But she kind of trained me to be afraid. I've had some scary things with them, but I was determined 
I'm not going to pass this on to my children. Every time we read a book and there's a picture of one in it, I'm not going to react. I'm just not going to do anything. (laughs) And then there was a time my husband was on a business trip and we lived in a house that was about 100 years old and had been completely renovated. But I was taking a shower and I get out of the shower and there's one on the bathroom floor running around and I just screamed (laughs) and my voice came like mommy what's wrong and I'm like oh god they're gonna finally know (laughs) that I am afraid and I have to tell the sink story because that's where we're at so I was just determined to do everything natural and not use mouse poison and all of that but at this house we did have a mouse problem And I was up really late because I was doing lesson plans or something. So it's three in the morning and I had had a snack and I went to put my bowl in the sink and there was a huge mouse in the sink. And I threw my cereal bowl at it. I was so scared. I mean, I could not go in the room. It was terrifying. Was it alive? So it was alive, yeah. Oh, at least mine was dead. It was in the middle of the night, so I think I let my husband sleep. But then in the morning, like, you have to go. You go, and I'm sorry. I broke the bowl. And the bowl wasn't broken, but the mouse was dead in the sink. Probably hit the mouse. Yeah, yeah I think dude. so. Oh, that was oh. some quick reflexes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, we said we weren't going to make ourselves not be able to sleep tonight, right? Yeah. Well, I do have to tell a mouse story, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Yes. But I think I even share this a little bit in in an entrusted class. But my daughter was getting ready to go to work and she had gone downstairs and made a cup of coffee and then took it upstairs while she was getting ready. And they lived in the country. So when fall comes, you know, all the critters are trying to get into the house. And she drank her coffee and she wanted another cup. And so she called down to her husband, Adam, would you bring me another cup of coffee? I can't remember exactly how this happened, but he looked at the coffee maker and there was a dead mouse in the reservoir of the, you know, like one of those Keurig things in the water part. And so she had already drank that full cup of coffee with that water. Oh, my word. And then Adam was saying... No, I, I'm not going to bring oh, you a cup of coffee. Oh. And she didn't know why. So she's like, Adam, will you bring me a cup of coffee? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm oh. not going to bring you a cup of coffee. And she runs down there. Why won't you bring me a cup of coffee? Oh. And then there she oh. sees it. Oh, that's oh. so awful. I'm scarred for life. I will always check the reservoir. <laughs> oh, man. They're looking for water. They're looking for water. Oh, oh wow. Girls, uh, now yes. I, yes, if I didn't. I, I just have to say that I don't like mice. <laughs> I have <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> this episode, we are talking about the fear of God. A godly mother trains her children to see God as their lifelong authority. And God's word tells us that there are so many blessings for when we fear God and that it is the beginning of wisdom. But we find that this is a topic that is often misunderstood. So we hope that this episode brings clarity and direction as you train your children in a healthy, honoring reverence of the Lord. Aunt Betsy, I'm going to ask you to kick us off and tell us what does it look like to have a healthy respect, reverence, and fear of the Lord? Well, I think that if we've ever been at the beach Uh, near the ocean, and we've seen a huge, powerful wave come in uh, close to our little ones, and we're running to grab them because we know the power of that wave. Mm. And I think that that is just a tiny little taste of the power 
that the water has, and the, and God controls the water. Mm-hmm. So he is awesome in power. He's awesome in holiness. He's almighty. He's sovereign. And when we, in our little perspective, in our little world, in our minds, we come to a realization of who we are in regards to him, we are awestruck. Mm-hmm. And we know his power. And we live in some ways, in fear of that power. But that's that's just the beginning. We know what God is capable of. So we live in a healthy fear of not offending God. And I have a, a definition here. The fear of God is the reverential awe or profound respect for the holiness of God that compels our obedience and anchors our trust in him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's such a powerful analogy. It makes me think of just the richness of hymn lyrics and the hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. I took a class once and I had to memorize those lyrics. And the fact that God wants to be known, that's the only attribute that it says three times in scripture. This is important that we understand the holiness of God and his word over and over. We are commanded to fear him. So Emily, what does that look like? as you're training children to understand blessings of obedience and a healthy fear of the Lord, can you think of mm-hmm. in your parenting, what has that looked like? It's modeling for them what it is. We we train them, of course. We train them through scripture memory and how we have how we have developed our home and how we speak to why what we do what we do. But it's it's truly in modeling for them that they see the Lord's blessing abundantly. We prayed with our children last summer about something very specific. And they're at this age, this great age that they are fully aware of all things going on. And when they're young, you can kind of brush over things and they're not always aware, but they were fully aware. And they they prayed with us and they saw God move mountains and answer prayer. And it was a huge, huge faith building thing for them to see. Mm-hmm. So to be able to bring them in on the little things so that one day you can bring them in on pray as a family together. And the Lord is so faithful to meet us in those places when we bring our kids in, pray. And the answer praying for was not right away. And in 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 the midst of an answer, there were questions from from the kids. And and the, it was so good to be able to just talk through. And then for them to see God answer in this mighty way was just something that only the Lord can do. But I think by modeling prayer and showing it in our lives is just the best way that we can. I think the fear of God helps us to understand that we're accountable to God. And it's a serious thing because of who he is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we obey him at first because we fear him, but then we obey him because we love yes. him. And we don't fear him in the same way because we live in close relation to him and we see him as our loving father. But we understand that... Um, those who do not fear him with him. Mm-hmm. And it says it's a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of the living God for the person that doesn't believe. Mm-hmm. And so we pray for people we know who don't believe, but we 
we know that there is an accountability. That all brings around the fact that there is an accountability to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think of fearing God, I think of in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, how C.S. Lewis speaks of Aslan. And one of the, you know, of Aslan, the lion, which represents Jesus, um, he's safe. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, no but he is good. <laughs> and I, I love that because mm-hmm. sometimes we think that fear is a bad thing and fear in a sense of reverence and knowing our place is a good thing. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you go into some royalty and you enter into their throne room unannounced, you at in times of the Bible, especially, you could be killed if you were un mm-hmm. if you they didn't call you and you just walked right in. Mm-hmm. So having a fear of that and a position of someone and their position of authority is a very good thing to know that you could be killed before you walk into the room unannounced. You might have a little bit more respect. You might have a different way of handling things. And going back to the whole thing with Aslan, like there's a safety in knowing that he isn't safe, Mm -hmm. but he is good. And so you're not safe with him to just sin how you want. You're Mm -hmm. not safe with him to disrespect and not follow his commandments. That's not a safe place, but you, he good to us. And that if you are following in his ways, you are safe with him, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. Every time I hear that, we've listened to the audiobook a number of times and I get chills and I also want to cry at the same time. And I also <laughs> want to be like, yes, so That's, good. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that quote. Mm-hmm. I do too. I'm going to talk about another movie here, but not quite as holy of a reference. But when my boys are little, they loved Pixar movies and the movie The Incredibles one of the characters can put force fields around herself. And I was trying to think about teaching my boys about the blessing of obedience and about God being like a strong tower and a refuge for the righteous. And so I explained to my boys that it's like these force fields when you obey mommy and daddy. And when you obey the Lord, it's you're, you're like in this covering and it's protection for you. And when you choose to disobey, I mean, it's obviously like the circle um, illustration and interested as well. But when you choose to disobey, you are leaving that force field. And I actually wrote a blog post about it. And so I was looking at it the other day because my boys are older now. But it was I have to read this story. It was so funny what my oldest did. So he had disobeyed and I said, okay, can you tell me what rule you broke? And when I explained that the force field was taken off when he dishonored me, his eyes got wide and we went full circle through it and I could just see it soaking in. So a few hours later, he was disrespectful and I said, Lincoln, did you remember God's commandment to honor your father and mother? Do you really want to take that force field off? And he needed a few minutes. But a couple hours later, he came to me and said, Mommy, I almost took off my force field, but I decided not to. And he just had, <laughs> he had this look of joy. 
obviously, when we relate anything earthly to our perfect Heavenly Father, it's going to be an inadequate illustration. But Mm -hmm. I think that's been helpful as Mm -hmm. they've been growing. You know how Wonder Woman has that lasso of truth? (laughs) That's what we're supposed to do, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And when we talk about this idea of being so countercultural, it's almost heartbreaking to read that verse and to think there are so many who are despising wisdom and instruction. But when we fear the Lord, that's just the beginning of knowledge. I can see in my own life as an adult, there are times where I've thought, Lord, I don't understand why it's so important to obey in this. It's so hard, but I know your word tells me to honor you in this. And I can see how the Lord has grown me in a healthier fear of him, that it's become a motivation because I delight in him. I want to honor him in things mm-hmm. that that I encounter in his word, even if they're very difficult. Mm-hmm. Aunt Betsy, you've parented teenagers. Well, obviously, the stakes get higher and they're starting to drive and make these big decisions, how do you continue to guide them as they grow? Well, I think that when they're little bitty, and we mentioned in a previous podcast that God gives them to us as infants, and he gives them to us for about 20 years or so, that when they're little, they can't do anything for themselves. They're completely dependent upon us. And because of that, We have full authority over them. We have full responsibility over them. But as they grow up and we've trained them to do certain things and we've set some foundational pieces in place that now we can uh, pull back a little bit, ease up on the authority and Mm -hmm. teach them and train them more by guidance, a little bit more by coaching and see how they handle making the decisions. And if they do well, then they get more responsibility, a little bit more slack in the rope, as some might say. And then if if they don't do well, then we kind of have to bring them back in and say, let's reconsider the choices that you're making or what do we need to be doing here. And so the heavy authority that begins when they're little ends up to be low in authority and high in guidance over that 20-year mm. period. They're sort of a easing off of one and an increase of the other. I think that's helpful for parents to know because one of the big things, and I know it'll come up at other times, but is how does your child keep their room? So we might say when they're little, you're going to train them. Okay, this is how you keep your room, how you keep your closet. This is how what you don't do with your wet towels, and this is what you do do with your wet towels, and uh, this is how you make your bed, and let's make it together, and you know how do we want to put the pillows and the animals and all these things. And then when they get older, you say, well, now it's your responsibility to keep your room, and how do you want to keep your room? And then we have certain guidelines to say, well, now – are you being responsible with your room? Maybe they don't make their bed every day, but we're not going to be saying, hey, you have to make your bed every day. Or you can. I mean, that's that's your decision as a mom. But we give a little bit more slack to see how they respond mm. to the training that they've already had. And I think 
they'll they'll take you know benefit of that advantage of that or whatever you want to say because they have a lot of things going on and and parents will give a little bit more mm-hmm. slack but the ultimate thing is that you'll be seeing no they know what to do they know the right response and as long as you know that that's happening we don't have to be so concerned about every little thing for that example you know of well they still have to have those wet towels off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that can yeah. never happen. You know, what I'm saying yes. is you're relying on the training that you've put in place and you're watching it and seeing how it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. It's interesting because I'm reading this book. Actually, I just finished it this weekend called Your Teenager is Not Crazy. And it's written from a Christian <laughs> worldview. And it talks about how the teen brain works and how at different portions of going through adolescence, the different parts of the brain literally shut down and it cannot work (laughs) and during that part. And so it makes sense that sometimes (laughs) when we look at our teens and we're like, really, you got nothing there? What's going on here? And, And it just has been a helpful book for me. But as I hear you saying that we lighten up on some of the things that we're laying the ground rules and and teaching them and training them how they do it when they're young, when they're old, in the book, it actually says that teens respond huge to rewards that if you are like, hey, you know what, if you pick up your room the way that you and I have discussed about um, and you do that significantly for this month, I'll give you this X reward, whatever that might be. But if you try to do that with a little child, they can't handle that. One, they can't handle that long of a time frame. But also, they're not in the stage of life where they the reward is the benefit. They need to be disciplined and trained how to do it and walked through and been like, hey, good job. That's That's awesome that you did that. Let's keep doing it. But as they get older, that reward is helpful. Mm. And so I feel like That was so interesting to hear you say that about how we kind of slack off on some of the things and we reward them when they do do it. That works really well with the way that their brain works. Well, we always had something called the definition of a clean room Mm. and I had it on the back of their doors and in their bedroom or bathroom vanity. So every Friday night before they went out, they had to meet the definition of a clean room. So during the week, I wasn't so concerned Mm -hmm. about it, but they could not go anywhere on Friday night unless that definition was met. And so they learned to not just stuff all their sweaters, (laughs) you know, in under their bed or whatever, because that wouldn't meet the definition and you don't get the shortcut way out. Mm -hmm. So if you are careful with your sweaters or whatever during the week, then you'll t- need less time to mm-hmm. meet the the definition of a clean room. But I, I think it's really important that we're not going to just completely let it slide. Mm-hmm. I feel that they still need they still need some guidance. Yes. It says, I will instruct you in the good and right way, and we want to sort of keep the standard up there even if we're not demanding compliance of it every single day. Mm-hmm. They know. I, I think that's so important. We don't lower the standard. No. Keep the standard high and they grow into meeting mm-hmm. it rather than, you know, there's so much of this just lowering the standard, mm-hmm. lowering the standard right. until there's nothing that they're really working to mm-hmm. achieve. Yeah. In the last episode, you said that it's never too late. Obviously, we do want to mm-hmm. set all of this groundwork, this foundation when they're little, but 
I just want to bring that up again in case someone's listening and thinking, oh, no, you know, I didn't start that early enough. It can be something dramatic, like teaching them to fear the Lord. It's not too late to start. Or it could be something like I actually didn't teach them how to clean their room when they were little. It's okay, Mm -hmm. as you said Mm -hmm. last episode, it's okay to teach them that there's going to be a new standard and that this Mm -hmm. is the way the family is going to operate now and to train them in the right way, regardless Mm -hmm. of their age. And even going along with that, you could have grown up in a home where the house was just sort of messy. And you grow up to be a real neat nick because the pendulum swings the other way and it's a concern mm-hmm. for you. And sometimes people just have that temperament where they just like to be more organized or it's frustrating for them to work in too much disorder. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of depends a little bit on that. So you're you're letting your kids kind of uh, blossom into who they are and not just forcing them to be who you want them mm-hmm. to be. I mean, that's kind of what's happening during those those little bit older years. And it, it's really interesting and fun to to see that happen. I've seen my kids just develop things that really, really surprised mm-hmm. me in those, those later years. And I remember Emily, when she first got married, she said, oh, mom, I can't leave the house because there's one of those coffee filters still in the coffee pot. And I'm like, wow, who are you? <laughs> because that was such a change. And then... And then the kids come along and then you have to flex a different way. And when my kids were teens and they liked to cook chili or whatever they like to make, I just did not worry about my pantry being in perfect order, which I like to keep Mm -hmm. it in. But I'm going to give to that a little bit because I'm going to have them enjoy creating things as long as they clean up afterwards. Yes. We do want our homes to be a comfortable place of learning as they're older. I'm talking teen Mm -hmm. years. I wouldn't let off on any of the things when they were young because consistency is key. But giving them the wiggle room and and as you were speaking about that, Betsy, this thought came to my mind how the Lord allows us the process. He gently leads us along in this process of sanctification. If we allow our children to kind of just give them a little window to figure things out. The Lord Mm -hmm. so graciously gives that to us while he's sanctifying us. So we can most definitely give them a little wiggle room to figure out a clean room Mm -hmm. and all of that when, when we know they know the baseline, but they need to figure out a system that works for them. Correct. That's a good thought. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. They're going to be figuring out how to self-govern, how to put systems in place, Mm -hmm. because we're not going to be like controlling behavior their whole lives. We want them to figure out things and figure out some things by making some bad decisions. I think I saw a card that said, poor decisions make great stories. (laughs) And, you know, those decisions that they make are some of the funniest things we talk about. I've actually said that to one of my children who has a fear of making any mistake. And Mm. I am constantly saying, I would rather you try and make a mistake Mm -hmm. because you will learn more from making the mistake than from not trying at all. And so... Mm -hmm go ahead and try and make those mistakes and then we'll talk about it and Mm -hmm. you will have learned so much through that. And so don't fear, you know, Mm -hmm. now this isn't anything sinful, (laughs) but then with the other kids, I'm like, can you stop making so many mistakes? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, they're so different, so different from each other. Well, I think it's interesting to to think about people that fear the Lord, because often in the Bible, it will Mm -hmm. say, and the midwives feared the Lord. And so they did not kill Mm -hmm. the babies in Egypt, but they Mm -hmm. saved all the Israel light babies, things like Mm -hmm. that you'll hear. And he feared the Lord or, and he did not fear God and he rebelled. So there is obviously a distinction in the Bible between people and people that don't, who, who relish, cherish his Mm -hmm. protection of them Mm -hmm. in his awesome power that he protects them, but they have Mm -hmm. a fear of not stepping Mm -hmm. too close to danger. In this lesson, in fact, we went through some of the the special provisions of God to people that fear him. And we always have this lesson uh, pretty close to Thanksgiving because it's a nice little list to read uh, for how the Lord blesses us. And we can be so thankful that because we fear the Lord, he is allowed special provisions to us. And we just have a little list. We, we actually, in the class, we have a list of about 23. It says that, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. That's Psalm 25, 12. So God-fearing people receive God's guidance Mm. through his word to make wise decisions. And that's really what we were talking about before with kids, Mm -hmm. that we were talking about guiding kids and making wise decisions. Mm -hmm. And here's God does this for us, for the people that Mm -hmm. fear him. And I think that's an awesome blessing. Mm -hmm. Yes. In Psalm 31, 19, it says, How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. And I have a shocking testimony from this past week of just how the Lord Mm. stored up his goodness for our family and in a way that made my son feel so seen and so loved by someone in the body of Christ. And it really is Mm -hmm. amazing, the goodness of the Lord and his provision. When we fear him and walk in his ways, it really is humbling. And so good for our kids to see. In our homeschool, we have a Bible storybook that I absolutely love. In fact, I have found four different copies of it. And I'm saving them for our children to be able to have each of them have one for their family someday Mm -hmm. because it is so special. And each year when we finish reading the Bible, we have them write their name and how old they are in it. And it is so cute to see their little handwriting and and how it's changed and um, but just a sweet thing. But one of the things that I love about this Bible story book is the consistency of how she words things. The author is very close to how it is written in scripture. It's not watered down, but it's written in a chronological order mm-hmm. and um, in a way that is easy for children to understand, but not spoken like it talking to a child. Mm-hmm. But one of the themes is that she says often, they feared the Lord and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And I thought, you know, hearing that constantly being, they feared the Lord mm. and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And then she'll often end up with, mm-hmm. at the end, we will talk as well and say, and it went well for them, didn't it? Like in the end, things worked mm-hmm. out well for them. And then at times where mm-hmm. they did not fear the Lord 
and they mm-hmm. did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And my kids will stop and be like, and it's not going to go well for them. <laughs> it's just a sweet <laughs> thing. But I just think of this fear of the Lord is for our good. It's for our safety. It's mm-hmm. for our our goodness. And also it's a guidance and in a way for us to be able to know him better mm-hmm. because if we fear him and we have a right perspective of our p- position before him and his holiness, mm-hmm. then we can enter the throne room with humility and it, and ask for anything that he's willing to give. Mm-hmm. You have to tell us the title, please. Yeah, it's called The Ergamer's Bible Storybook, mm-hmm. and I love it. We Maybe we could link to it in the show notes. Sure. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, the book is so good. It's so well written and it starts from creation and goes to revelation. And in the one that we have, we read six and a half pages for three days a week and we get Mm. through the entire Bible in a school year. It does not have Proverbs or Psalms in it, which is a little sad, but I will sometimes, if we finish early, I'll read through Psalms and Proverbs on our own with the kids. But It's been a huge blessing. In fact, in our homeschool, if there's things that we didn't get to in the day, but we got to the Bible, I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, we did Mm -hmm. the most important. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Every morning we started Mm -hmm. out with reading that. We've been going through a study. It's called Proverbs People by Marilyn and Rick Boyer. And it's an older resource. I'm not sure if it's still in print, but it goes through Proverbs and it talks about the righteous man and the wicked man. And it's really helpful. It's just sweet to see at the end of every chapter, it'll say, would this be a righteous person Mm -hmm. or a wicked person? And how quickly they Mm -hmm. can identify, they know. And so I think anyone who is regularly in the word, Mm -hmm. that idea of fearing God, you hear Mm -hmm. it so much that you know it's right. You know it's true. And I think that's the best way we can train our children, that this is good. This is for you. This is for Mm -hmm. your blessing. Yeah, because isn't that one -hmm. of the things that he wants Mm -hmm. from us when we fear him is Mm -hmm. to help us do what's right? If we we go through life and we have no consequence Mm -hmm. and no fear of anything, how foolish and unwise of decisions we would make if there were no boundaries and we we could just do what we want, when we want, how we want, however we want it. That doesn't sound, mm-hmm. it sounds fun for a moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> but to live your life that way mm-hmm. all the time, it, it really is not good. That's mm-hmm. not good in any way. So yeah, it just mm-hmm. is, this fear of God is, it's a big thing and it's paramount to having a, a right relationship with the Lord. Yes. And in the eyes of the Lord, to do right in the eyes of him, not mm. in the eyes of your friends or yeah. in the eyes of what you're feeling, or you can fill in the million things there, mm-hmm. but to do right in the eyes of the Lord, yeah. that instills the healthy fear into them mm. of of just how awesome God is and his goodness. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, and the gentleman said, When I was young, I had multiple opportunities to look at impure images. And every Mm -hmm. time I knew not to look because I feared God. And he Mm. said, I knew that my parents probably wouldn't find out, but I wanted to honor the Lord in it. So he Mm. said his parents did a really great job of teaching him. His identity was as a child Mm. of God, but 
but also that his role was to honor God. This has very far-reaching implications, right? Mm -hmm. When our children understand that this is the God who sees, this is the Mm -hmm. God who hears. Scripture tells us over and over, I've even done recently a study on the eyes of the Lord. It makes me think of that sweet little song, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Lord is up above and he's looking down in love. Mm -hmm. And I think if it didn't have that last line, it could really be misconstrued. But when we teach, he's looking down in love. This is for your good. And there are blessings. And Deuteronomy 28 and 29 are such helpful chapters. If you're wanting to understand, are there blessings of obedience? It's very clear. That is a pattern in scripture of when we choose wisely. It's not always a prescription, right? Mm -hmm. But we do have God's favor in those choices, especially when we do it from a pure heart of honoring him. We have been so encouraged by your faithful listening, and we have a couple favors to ask of you to help spread the word. Our desire is that this podcast would encourage mothers who desire to parent biblically, and you can help us. The first way is you can write a review. Podcast platforms are more likely to recommend this podcast to mothers if we have a greater number of reviews, so we would really appreciate that. You can also like us on social media. Our Facebook page is Entrusted Ministries, and our Instagram is Entrusted with a Child's Heart. We would still love it if you sent us a question to answer on the podcast. And lastly, did you know that we would be more than happy to speak at your church and encourage moms in your community? So reach out to us. You can fill out a contact form on the Entrusted Ministries website, and we'll try to get something on the calendar. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms, Entrusted with a Child's Heart. This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.